0: In the retirement planning story, it's all generic. Here you go. Everyone does this, and then everyone should do this. Well, look, you don't want to be just another character in the story. You want to be the hero of your own story. You want to be able to write the ending that you want, and that's what's key. Once you become vested in your own story and invested, and you understand where you're at and what you want, then you can write the ending that you want.
1: about than just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's
2: The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sidel, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. The Federal Reserve said that we are in a deflationary period, but are we really? The government is spending 20000 per second. We're adding $1 trillion to our national debt quarterly. CPI is going up instead of down, and real wages are down for the third year in a row when the average American has a credit card rate over 25%. As homes and interest rates become out of reach for the average American, will interest rates be coming down anytime soon? This is Leanne Sedel. And here to help us with all our questions and give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer Ed Saddell. Hi, Ed.
0: Hey, Leanne. What's going on? A lot of stuff. Yeah. It seems like we're the title and the topic changes, but the information is it's a lot of the same stuff. I hope it's not repetitive because it's it really is. This is so important.
2: Well, I think I wanted to start with, we had Thirsty Thursdays, or we're going to be changing that name to Wine, Wine and, and Wisdom.
0: Wisdom. Yeah, a little bit yes. fancier. Yeah, right? a little fancier. And it was my market update and, and yeah. state of the economy uh, address, if you will.
2: And it was probably, I mean, just going to say, everybody was very engaged, but what I think was the main takeaway for me listening to the questions that were being answered is there's really no place where people are getting just... Straight facts, regardless of where they fall on the political landscape. Yeah,
0: because this this is not a political thing. It is. I mean, I I hate that. It's this isn't a Republican or Democrat thing. This is an American thing. There are so many things that are going on and how the numbers have been skewed and what they're counting and how they're counting jobs numbers and the CPI and GDP to leave a good legacy. This isn't just Biden, but obviously Biden is, you know, spending more money than ever before. But Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush one, it's across the board and, you know, Congress, the House and Senate. I mean, you know, we're we're severely lacking in leadership across the board here. And so when we're talking about interest rates and inflation, I kept getting the same question, which is really why I wanted to talk about this today. So this is September 25th. So it'll come out probably this the 28th of this week. Yep. Uh, before October, which is important because student loans—they've already been accumulating interest as of uh, September 1st. Biden came out with the Save program, which is effective October 1st. It really doesn't come into effect until next summer, but you can actually apply for it. Thank goodness, because you know it's going to save a lot of a lot of people. When in clients' kids that we know of, and, and actual clients too, with the participants in the 401k plan. So, and as interest rates kind of go up and get out of hand. Looks like the 30-year is is approaching, if not over, 8%. It looks like they're going to normalize around 8.5%. Housing is out of reach, out of touch, just from the cost of housing. And then being able to afford those. I mean, so you've got all this stuff coming down and everyone wants to know, okay, what's next? What can we expect?
2: Yes. So what did the Fed mean when they said that they're reducing their balance sheet? Like I said, there's a lot of questions that were asked last week, but I think sticking to mainly on interest rates, that's where I want to start.
0: So the quantitative easing. So the balance sheet is when the Fed say, you know what, we're going to stimulate the economy. When Biden said, we're going to go ahead and, and dump trillions of dollars into the economy to, to kind of spurn on after COVID. So that printing press, okay, that it's, I mean, it's basically out of thin air. So So let's talk about that first. So the U.S. dollar is a fiat currency. I know that people hate saying that, but that's really what it is because it's not backed by gold anymore. So it's been off the gold standard for 60 years, okay, since the 70s. And so it's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government and the credit rating under Finch just was reduced again, okay, for the second time. All right, so it's important to understand that. So when you need more money and it's not backed by anything, Okay, you can just print more. All right. So that in itself is inflationary. And that's what happens. So as you're printing more money, it's called quantitative easing. All right. That means you're easing the pressure and supply and demand. You're able to put more money into the system to spur on the economy and keep it going. But eventually that becomes inflationary. Then when you keep interest rates low, as low as we did, people become addicted to debt. All right. You can become addicted to debt. It becomes fake wealth. Yeah. All right. It's a false sense yeah, of security. I was just
2: going to say something along yeah. your lines. So, yeah. And
0: that's really what it is because you had housing prices, you know, especially during COVID. We started seeing them kind of come up a little bit. But when you're borrowing, you have loans. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about home loans. Then we'll talk about businesses. So most mortgages are 15, 20, 30 years. Okay. Now they're talking about 40 years or longer. I, I just. Oh, my gosh. And, and now 50 years.
2: Because people can't afford to get, uh, the American dream of they getting a home is out of reach.
0: Well, you know, when you go from, we'll just say two and a half percent on a 30 year to seven and a half, eight percent, now all of a sudden, typically what happens is the value of the property and real estate goes down, but it's not. It's not. Right. I mean, it's, in some areas it's going down a little bit, but not nearly at the rate of, of where it should be because again, supply and demand, there's not enough inventory out there. All right. So. I know this is kind of circular you know, reasoning here. I'm, I'm trying to get to it. Just I'm just trying to lay the groundwork. So when you talk about reducing the balance sheet, what they're saying is, okay, you've got all this credit out there, All right, That's really what it is. So they're giving money to the banks. They're dumping money into the economy. Banks are able to lend. And when they're reducing their balance sheet, they're saying, yeah, we're taking money off the table. So think of it as the one-year treasury note. Okay. Or the two year treasury. But let, let's just talk about the one year. Cause that's the easiest. So when last year's notes just came due. All right. Typically that's it. They come due. They, you pay them out and you don't re up them. Well, because we're spending so much money. All right. On a quarterly basis, 5.1 billion a day, $20,000 a second, over $1 trillion every three months. All this is inflationary. And so, what they're saying is they're going to start stopping that. Think about that. He said they're going to start to stop the ability, the money flow, okay, which means that there's going to be a credit crunch, which means people aren't going to be able to borrow. Yep. And businesses aren't going to be able to borrow. And if businesses can't borrow, right, especially there, there's a lot of businesses that need leverage to be able to operate. Yeah, you know, trucking companies, real estate. I mean, th- there's so many sectors that that need that leverage to be able to operate. But if the Feds start reducing their balance sheet, they're they're taking credit away. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what that means. When you increase the balance sheet, you're putting more money out into the economy. When you're decreasing it, you're you're pulling money out. So now what they're talking about as far as interest rates, the, the feds kept them the same. Okay. They are still feel confident that they're gonna get to two percent. And this is coming from Powell, who is the Federal Reserve president, who also said along with Janet Yellen, the Secretary of the Treasury, who said that inflation was transitory. It's not real. <laughs> it's all going away. Yeah, OK, so th- there's already a lack of confidence there to begin with.
2: But he shot for something that hasn't been achieved.
0: Well, in the last 10 years, it was. Yeah. It was zero. But the 100-year average is over three and a quarter percent. OK, so I, it's, it's just not even realistic. I mean, it, it really isn't. And, you know, the interest rate. So the interest rate that they were shooting for this year is 5.65. Okay. So roughly five and five eighths. All right. And right now the federal funds rate is, you know, five and a quarter to five and a half. So raising it another quarter percent isn't that big of a deal, but what he said was a big deal.
2: That's why we're focusing on this balance sheet issue. It doesn't really matter what the interest rate is if they're not going to loan money. It just doesn't. Well,
0: not only if they're not going to loan money, but you know, so every year we talked about this on the last podcast, right? So at the end of every year, the FOMC, it's 12 members. Um, they go through and they look at it and say okay majority rules all right it's called the dot plot right so where do we think interest rates are going to be so last year last December they they looked at twenty twenty three twenty four twenty five and they went out to twenty six so twenty three and twenty four it was it was a big deal because they said their rates they' it, it's probably going to go up to five point six two five five and five eighths, and they said what they were going to do is start lowering rates okay this summer which obviously didn't happen and it was planned on the reducing rates by one full percent or 100 basis points. Okay, so 25 basis points is quarter percent, 50 basis points is a half a percent, right? Yeah. And then he said, but you know what? We're probably not going to do that. We, we adjusted the year-end 2022 uh, dot plot for 2024, and we're probably only going to lower rates by a half a percent. Now, here's why this is important. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Now, because of the election, they may lower it a quarter percent, but if they lower it too much, inflation is going to come roaring right back, and then what's going to happen to interest rates? They're going to have to raise them. So we're already spending, okay? Overspending as a country, that's inflationary. We've got wage pressure, which is upward movement and pressure on inflation. It's, right, it's pushing it up. You've got the UAW who wants 40% rate hike and go, you know, and still be paid for a 40-hour work week and <laughs> uh, work 32 hours, okay? And then you have other unions that are doing the same thing. And I guess the most disappointing thing that I heard in Powell's speech was basically he was blaming Americans for causing the inflation. When it was him, it was the Federal Reserve, right? And keeping it's rates so low. It's well, b- <laughs> monetary policy, fiscal policy, bad leadership. That's what caused the inflation. So he says prices are rising. And here's the irony, because I don't even think they fully understand rising prices. It's because everything costs more, right?
2: Well, and they continued to put money into the system during COVID, that money that wasn't even used and still isn't used.
0: And still isn't used.
2: And that's kind of the most baffling thing about it is, like you said, taking ownership taking ownership on why are we where we are right now it's because you cannot simply blame this cuz i know they're they do they go back as early as you know just completely centering around the covid year 2020 but the majority of these decisions were made well after covid was no longer even part of the deal
0: you're absolutely right and and so it really comes down to so what's the problem okay and how do we solve it for us personally i mean you know, obviously at the ballot box, right? And I think that that's a problem in and of itself, because when Republican, Democrat alike, you know, maybe that first term, maybe even as as far as the second term, they're worried about their constituents. And and it just seems like after that, once they become a career politician, it just doesn't matter anymore. But in our own home, right? So we've got to manage our own home in, in kind of what we're doing. And one of the things that You've got to prepare because I think that the recession, we talked about it last time, the silent recession, it's here. We all know it. We feel it when we go to the gas pump. We feel it when we go to the grocery store. 49% of Americans are using credit cards just to cover the gap between wages and, and what their expenses are. The gap between the haves and the have-nots is getting bigger. And so what do people need to do? And man, it's, you've got to be disciplined, right? That's the number one thing. And what's your budget? When I say budget, I'm not talking about eating hot dogs and beans. I'm talking about making sure that you're a good store to your money. Where's your money going? Okay. And plan for those vacations and have the cash ahead of time. And and if you have credit card debt, you know, mathematically, there's a way to pay it off. Dave Ramsey made it famous, right? The snowball. I mean, we've been using that as part of our laser debt. So you could do it mathematically. I mean, there's only five ways to pay off debt and which is the the quickest way to do it. And everyone gets in this habit of paying a little bit extra on every credit card well, if you consolidate that mathematically and you just systematically pay that off, right? Yep. And then when you get one paid off and then it becomes a game, right? So the the hardest thing is to get that momentum going and then you're like, oh, okay, here we go because credit card rates are outrageous. The Macy's credit card is almost 35%. The average credit card is over 25%. That means whatever you bought, if you're making those minimum payments, you're buying it again every four years.
2: And you know, the hardest part is we've always talked about a lot of people hate the idea of even putting together a budget, but at least a budget allows you to see where your money's actually going. And sometimes that awareness, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I'm spending money on X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to say what X, Y, and Z is because we all have our vices. We all have our stuff. You're right. But it is the awareness that when you start looking at that And you just don't look at one month, you look at the last three months and you go back and you get an average on what you're spending because obviously it's not going to be those utilities, those things, they are what they are. You're going to be paying them no matter what. You're not going to suddenly say, oh, we're going to turn the air conditioner completely off in 90 degree weather. That's not going to happen, but you can make small changes.
0: You make small changes, keep your car an extra year, right? Once it's paid off. I mean, all these little things. It's the compounding effect, right? It, may, it makes a big difference. And make sure that you put in for your vacations, you know, especially those that are in retirement. My gosh, you've worked so hard now. I mean, you deserve to enjoy the the life that you've worked so hard for and earned.
2: But again, you're saying basically all the things that we're talking about are part of planning.
0: It is. It's all. And so when we go through that phase, right, when we're collecting everything and, you know, that that very next visit, that possibilities visit, that our second visit together with with our clients... When we first start working with them, they're like, wow, this exercise really made me think I did not realize this or I never thought of this. And okay. I mean, there there becomes a reality check, which is pretty awesome because now they're invested and they're vested. They're both, right? And, and they they really get to understand the impact that everything has in the workaround, right? Because there's a solution and everyone's solution is different, right? You know, we talk about it all the time in the retirement planning story it's all generic. Here you go. Everyone does this. And then everyone should do this. Well, look, you don't want to be just another character in the story. You want to be the hero of your own story. You want to be able to write the ending that you want. And that's what's key. Once you become vested in your own story and invested and you understand where you're at and, and what you want, right, then you can write the ending that you want.
2: Well, and I think the the coolest part, I'll use our, us as an example. I mean, I don't think we were Anywhere when we were in our 30s, thinking about what retirement would look like, we just were We're just full steam ahead, trying to keep up with with what we had on our plates. But I will say those clients that we have right now that are doing just that, that are actually actively investing in what they want that plan to look like for them down the road, they're head and shoulders above those that are.
0: uh, And it's not life altering. It does not diminish your life. I mean, it enhances it. I mean, it really, really does. So when you're looking at rising interest rates and inflation and putting everything together so that you know what you're supposed to do, and then you have somebody guiding you, protecting you every step of the way, saying, OK, you know, hey, if you're going to buy that, let's, here's probably a better way of doing it. Yeah. Right. And, and so that that way you're making the, the most effective and efficient use of the money that you have so that it lasts a whole lot longer.
2: Your unique puzzle, definitely yeah. you need a little bit of guidance putting that puzzle together. So.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: All right. Well, if you have questions or concerned, I know we keep harboring on a lot of this current event stuff, but I do think that everybody has a lot of questions. And really now it's like, where do you go for those answers? Because you're going to get a slant one way or another. I just kind of like the truth and the facts being laid out. And I think if you have those questions, give us a call here at the office at 614-526-4118. We'll get you those answers. And if you would like to schedule an appointment with Ed, you can do so on our website at egsifinancial.com. There's right on there, you can schedule some time for like a 15-minute discovery call or go ahead and send us an email at info at egsifinancial.com again get your questions answered I don't think I mentioned the phone number did I yeah let's go just ahead and go ahead and do, that and do that one more six one four five two six four one one eight thanks ed
0: thanks leanne mm.
1: When was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sidel is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for. A happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down 0619